I'm your host, Michelle, and I'm joined today by our co-host, Jamie. Would you like to take care of those small announcements? Hey, guys. If you want to support us, you can start with monthly donations on our Patreon. This will allow us to create engaging content more frequently that can be accessed on more platforms. We always will have that link in the description to get to our website that has all that information in it. Secondly, send us a voice message on Anchor. This can... This can allow us to hear what you have to say, and you may be featured on... Hold on. <laughs> this episode is cursed. Secondly, send us a voice message... Secondly, send us a voice message on Anchor. This can allow us to hear what you have to say, and you may be featured on a future episode. Lastly, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, so our podcast will show up more when people search for us. We really want to get in the top 100, so if you can leave a review, rate us... Go follow us on Instagram, you know, anything to get us out there and share our podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. We do lives daily on Instagram. We do the yeah. card of the day. And Fridays we have our, our, our rune, so we need to yeah. do that. Anyway, so <laughs> this, this episode we have Brandon joining us. Hi, guys. Thank you. That was Brandon. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had him on our podcast. I think since like season one, or maybe the beginning of season two. The beginning of season two with Vasil Vagel. Yeah. yeah. Which a lot of people actually really like that episode. So, um, if you guys don't know, me and Brandon are getting married in October. I don't know how you guys would know. I post about it constantly. So. Is it in thirty-eight days? <laughs> yep, thirty-eight days. We're getting married. She That's tells so me crazy. every single day. She's like. Oh, we got this many days left. Are you excited? And I'm like, yes, I am. We I'm have to be, sure right? I'm sure he hasn't changed his mind. We'll wait till day two. Okay. Wait till day two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get to the wedding gender- jitters, right? Uh, like- apparently, I don't know. I've never had wedding jitters before. So um, the reason we mention all of this is because we're actually talking about the origin of like traditions, specifically like wedding traditions. Yeah, that's our topic today, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how to introduce this topic. I have it as marriage meetings, but I suppose wedding traditions make sense, too. But we're just going to be talking about, like, why we have bridesmaids, like, wedding cake. You know, it's all kind of strange. You you have an intruder. (laughs) Okay, so let's just talk with the first one. Let's talk about the first one. Hit me with it. Okay, the origin of bridesmaids. Okay, they origin. came from the bride. <laughs> no, no, back back in the day, uh, there was um, what was it a familial um, arguments and stuff. So like, if uh, one family didn't want to marry into this family, the bridesmaids obviously were there to protect the bride. Something like that. At least that's what I'm thinking it is. But if it's something else, go right on ahead and let me know. Jamie, what do you think it is? I honestly have no idea. Okay, the origin of bridesmaids. 
Um, bridesmaids originally wore similar dresses to the bride to confuse her exes and outsmart evil spirits. That way, the evil spirits and potential kidnappers wouldn't know which woman in the group was getting married. As far as bridesmaids' duty in early Roman times, bridesmaids would line up to form somewhat of a protective shield while walking the bride to the groom's village. The group of women who were similarly dressed were expected to intervene if any vengeful exes tried to hurt the bride or steal her dowry. So that's what your sister would be doing. Nice. Actually, actually I, I, I got a quick question. <laughs> yeah. Can we explain what dowry is for you know those that are uninitiated and have no idea what that means? Such as myself. Basically, my dad would be offering your ass like some form of like money or goats or milk or something to marry me. I will take one cow. Apparently, we already have a dowry. One cow. So apparently, I would be stolen. It must for... be the best cow, the biggest. The I best. would be stolen for my dad's cow. Is what would happen. It's fine. It's fine. I will take that cow. Oh my god. And I will milk that cow and it will have all... All the milk. Little, well, uh, the, what are the cow babies? Calves. Oh, calves, yes. It will have a calf. And we will raise that calf as if it is our own. You're a weirdo. <laughs> okay. Okay, the origin of wedding cake. Oh, oh, I, I, I got this one. Okay. So, after the groom got married to the bride... The groom was like, man, we need to celebrate for this shit. So what they did is they were like, all right, bring me the best cake that you guys can make. The best cake yes. in the village? The best village cake so I can eat it. Jamie, <laughs> what do you think the origin is? Um, uh, I don't know. All right, on a, more, on a more serious note, isn't it something where you have to eat crumbs off the floor or something like that? Yeah, it's something ridiculous like that. So, <laughs> it was common for grooms to take a bite of bread at the wedding, crumbling the rest over the bride's head for good luck. Guests would then scramble around her feet to pick up crumbs um, in order to absorb some of that good luck. So, is that why the bride and the groom smashed the cake in each other's faces? So, nowadays, like, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be our first act of, like, doing something together. That's oh. what it's supposed to be now, is, like, cutting the cake. Me and Brandon are supposed to do it together, and that's supposed to be our first act of, like, doing that together. And then you're supposed to give each other the cake, and that's your first gift, technically. But me and Brandon are doing it differently. That's why we have the jumping of the broom ceremony. Not only is it, like, a clean sweep, so to speak, but it's also an act that we are doing together as our first, like, husband and wife thing. So, so... Right. She, that doesn't answer her question of why do people smash cake in people's faces. They're dicks. They're dicks. Gotcha. Literally. But it's supposed to, like, I was what I was getting to is, like, it's supposed to be, like, this sweet romantic gesture, and it's like, BAM! Your face! Right. Right. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. But later this tradition evolved into the bride pushing pieces of her wedding cake through her ring to the guests. Those in attendance would take that piece of cake home to place under their pillows for, again, good luck. It's a good thing today that we can just enjoy a slice or two at the wedding without picking up crumbs off the floor. Fucking weird. I think it's very strange. I would not pick up anything off the floor and eat it, but I'm, I'm sure back then they weren't very educated. 
Okay, so the next one is why is the wedding cake tiered? Like when you think of like celebratory cakes like birthdays or baby showers, you don't really get a tiered cake. So why is the wedding cake tiered? Honestly, I never really thought of this before and I thought it was interesting. So why is it tiered, Brandon? Um, because the top of the cake was supposed to be put into the freezer and uh, kept for eating one year later. But nowadays, people typically uh, just call a place that made their cake and they'll just send you another small one <laughs> about a, in about a year. Um, I don't know the reason for having this cake a year later, but that's what I've heard. So that's part of it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Jamie, why do you think the cake is tiered? I was just going to say like the same thing as Brandon. So typically when you get married, there's like the bottom layer, a middle layer, and then like just a top layer that you would keep so that the couple can eat it on their one year anniversary. So I will say um, our, our cake place that me and Brandon are going with, we actually, our place is unique. In the, mm -hmm. in the way that they are, like, you don't have to save it in your refrigerator for a year because no one likes to eat, like, your year old, old cake. cake. That's fucking weird. But they will actually send you a new cake in a year. You go pick it up from them, and they'll make you a new one. So, thank God. But um, I'll read why it's a tiered cake. It has always been a tradition for cake to play a part in the wedding, but originally guests would bring small cakes and place them in front of the couple. They would then kiss over the pile of cakes to guarantee f future prosperity. The wedding cake as we know it today is tiered. These are cakes stacked on top of each other, and this originated at the wedding of Prince Leopold, Duke of Albany in 1882. The cutting of the cake is a focal point at any reception today, a tradition rooted in history when the first cut was made by the bride to ensure the marriage would be blessed by children. That's kind of sad. It's like pressuring you to have kids. <laughs> what well, if y'all don't want to re re recreate? Well, no, no, no. You, you got to remember, back in the olden days, like you had to have kids, like at a fairly early age. Yeah. Um, and uh, the reason why is because the um, was it? Yeah, didn't there, wasn't there like a high death rate because of birth? So you would, um, first of all, people back then would die sooner, so they didn't live to like fucking 80, 70 or anything like that. Yeah. Because there's disease, famine, all those kinds of things. I mean, look at the plague. You just wash your fucking hands and typically it would go away. Yeah. <laughs> or you that, would be less susceptible. Nowadays, but, you just wear a fucking mask. Yeah, nowadays. <laughs> but, like, that's that's one of the reasons. The second reason is, like, apparently having a 13-year-old and 14-year-old ride was the normal. And you can just get married and have kids right away. <laughs> Which I think is gross. But it is what it is. Okay, so the origin of the best man. Go. You know this one. Origin of the best man. Oh, best man are to uh basically if uh the bride and groom were to elope and there was somebody that was like no this can't happen such like as dad. <laughs> the uh bride's father uh bride's mother or you know maybe somebody else in the family was like hey this should not happen the uh groomsmen were there to fight them so you had to pick your best fighters 
to go ahead and fight them off while you went and eloped. Now, typically, if such a thing did happen, <laughs> the um, bride and groom uh, had to leave the scene quickly. <laughs> so the uh, groomsmen were uh, supposed to be of the best swords fighters. That's pretty much right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty, like, there is surprisingly a fuckload of kidnapping. Like, a lot of kidnapping that goes on in this. I didn't think that there was a lot of kidnapping, but for real. Apparently, women are very prone to being kidnapped. It's because you are, uh, so easy to be kidnapped. I can kidnap you right now, and nobody would know. I'll Jamie lock you would in know! My, no, I'd lock you in my own basement. But oh. you have the key to that, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's just, oh, okay. That's fine. I've got a, a nice chest downstairs with your name on it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. If we don't have another podcast episode up, um, <laughs> call the police. No. <laughs> the origin of the best man. Obviously, runaway brides have been around for quite some time, because the best man's former duty was to make sure the bride didn't escape during the ceremony. Sometimes, he was even asked to kidnap her. When the parents didn't approve of the marriage, the best man was tasked with ensuring the groom was able to take her away, regardless of how her father felt. Do you think Ryan could do that? <laughs> no. You mean my Ryan? Yeah, just kidnap me. Uh, no. I didn't He's, think so. He, he 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 would joke about it, and he may he may like get some plans together, but he would never be able to go through with it. He <laughs> didn't think so. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, and the uh, best man wasn't just picked because he was the groom's best friend or brother. No, the term "best" was added to the title because that person had to be the strongest and most capable of the lot when it came to using a sword or weapon to fight off enemies and rival rival attackers during the ceremony. And you thought the job of remembering the rings was the hardest. <laughs> yep. All right. So, uh, was it next? Uh, next one. I mean, I, I don't know. Unless anybody else has anything, any other input for that. <laughs> okay. Next one. The okay. origin <laughs> of the white wedding dress. Uh oh, that's supposed to symbolize uh, symbolize pureness. Um, supposed to symbolize. Uh, the purity that um, the family is presenting to the other family when they're supposed to be getting married. I... First of all, if that's true, I'm, I'm a fucking disappointment as all hell. Yeah, I mean, you got a huge stain on yours. Yep. Right in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, do you have anything to add to that one? I was just going to say, traditionally, the white dress is to symbolize you being a virgin going into the marriage with purity as a virgin. Mm -hmm. yep. Interesting. Is that not right? No, it's not, actually. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and hear it. So, white is often associated with purity, which we've both just discussed. And, in fact, in candle magic, we often use white to symbolize purity. It can also be a replacement for any other colors. But, yeah, we use it to purify whatever. But that is why it's thought of as the traditional color for virgin brides. 
But did you know that before the mid-1800s, brides actually wore red? They didn't start wearing white until 1840 when Queen Victoria was married to Prince Albert. Victoria went against the grain and opted for a white lacy dress, a color that at the time represented wealth as opposed to purity. Clearly the trend caught on as many brides today still covet the classic white wedding gown. So what was the red? The red was probably to symbolize lust, red, you know, th- those kinds of things. But if we're looking at it like in the these, hand. if we're looking, no, if we're looking at it in these terms, okay. then it's probably that red was a very easy color to come by back then, and red was more common wealth, so people could afford red rather than white. Okay. That's probably why they actually did it. As far as, like, having sex and breaking the hymen, that's probably nothing to do with it. Oh. So, it was a fashion trend that caught on. And do you remember our Airbnb guest that we had stay here? The ones from India? Oh, yeah. She showed me her wedding pictures from 2019. Mm-hmm. Guess what color she wore? Red. Red. Nice. And a lot of other places actually wear red for their wedding dress. America's like different. It's becoming more like common for people to actually not even wear white wedding dresses. Yeah, my wedding dress isn't even white. No. What color is it? You'll see. <laughs> you gotta be surprised, Brandon. Is it burgundy? Oh my god, it was close. <laughs> Might as well be pink. I mean, I tried on this one that was the room. It was the whole room. It was like a cathedral train and everything. And I was like, I, even in the one that I got, I'm like, how am I going to survive in this? Okay. <laughs> Hold on, you got to like fall over yourself to get up to that aisle. <laughs> to get walked down that aisle. Your dad may have to be like, all right, honey, I, I got to carry you. Like, Well, she's already out. had to do some alterations on it because I keep losing weight. She's like, stop it. <clears throat> Okay, the origin of something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Go. I don't even know what that is. Like, like what? I've never heard of that term. Jamie, before. can you please explain what that is for Brandon? Because I've tried explaining to him all day today, actually. Explain what to him now? Something old, something blue, something borrowed, something new. Okay. Um. Let me try and. So something old is is kind of like something that your mother or like your father gives you to wear in the wedding, such as like an old bracelet or an old piece of jewelry or something like that. And then something new would be like, let's say they want to give you a new hair piece. Or, or maybe someone buys you a new necklace. Or a new necklace, or just something new, and then borrowed would be like, um, what's the thing that you wear around your leg? Oh, the garter. Garter. So that can be something borrowed from your mom, if she kept hers from her wedding day, and then something blue is just something blue, like a blue flower, or a blue ribbon for your hair, or a blue earring. Typically for the blue, what people will do is they will have, like, a blue flower in their hair. Like yeah. a pin or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 not the bride. The bride doesn't have to wear it either. It can be for the groom, too. If it's, like, a, gro- a blue, um, like, handkerchief for his uh, pocket on his... Pocket um, square? Yeah. 
Yeah. Something like that. It's just a tradition that you're, you yeah. follow in the wedding. And this one I actually really do like, and that's why we're going to be doing this one. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people do it. So the tradition dates all the way back to the Victorian era. You guys noticing a trend yet? Yeah. <laughs> Where does these old, new, borrowed, and blue items were procured to bring good fortune to the bride, especially when they were all worn together during the ceremony? The something old was worn to connect the bride to her past and her family with the something new, signifying she was about to start her own new family and journey now. Unlike the old, the something borrowed was supposed to be taken from a happily married couple so that the couple's good fortune could be passed unto the bride, and the something blue was associated with faithfulness and loyalty in the relationship, akin to the phrase true blue. However, the part of the rhyme that most people leave off is a sixpence in my shoe, which encouraged the bride to tuck a sixpence coin for good luck. So that's actually the British part is the sixpence in my shoe, so that's like a... a a coin over there in Europe, which you can you can get a sixpence to put in your shoe. Although I'm going barefoot, so that's not going to be happening. Although the something blue, I would associate more with um, the chakras. So if you look at the chakra colors, the blue chakra is actually for the throat chakra, which is communication. So it could also symbolize like communication within the relationship, good communication, ability to communicate. Yeah, we definitely need yeah, that's, that. That's why I'm I might wear a blue dress because. We need a lot more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say, uh, Jamie? Oh, I just said all the above. Like, oh, communication okay. in, every, in every aspect, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay, the origin of the bridal bouquet. Go. Um, I think I told you this one. No, it's, I thought, like, women like flowers. You give... Flower, like a big, huge thing of flowers to the bride, and she's like, All right, I have it. And then she throws it to her bridesmaids so that she can go ahead and uh, wish luck on the next uh, single lady out there to get married. Oh, them single ladies. Yeah, single ladies in my backyard. Isn't that <laughs> how that song goes? <laughs> okay, Jamie, why do you think we have bouquets? Brandon pretty much said everything that I was going to say. Okay. Oh, don't, don't be like that. What, what are your thoughts? We want to hear you. We want to hear all of you. Yes, yes. Let's hear it. Um, I pretty much think that the bouquet is... Oh my gosh, hold on. I have a visitor. Um, so for me, the, the throwing of the bouquet is to... I, I don't really know, like, 100%, but I would just say, like... You're throwing it to your bridesmaids, or and anyone really, because anyone can catch it, right? Not just the bridesmaids. Yeah. It's basically anybody who's single is the rules that it, I've understood. I'm just gonna give it to Jennifer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why? <laughs> I was gonna say you can give it to me, and then maybe I will find someone who will actually want to marry me. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be really funny. Oh, you poor Jamie. Be like, here, Nick. Um, wink, wink, hint, hint. Hint, hint, Hashtag wink, wink, nudge, pope. nudge. Hashtag propose. <laughs> okay. So, ancient Greek brides would carry clusters of herbs and spices, not flowers, to actually ward off evil spirits. Much like a spell or like um, a sour jar or anything like that. That's kind of what... A sourdough jar? No, just a sour jar. What's a sour jar? Um, it's a spell that you put together where you would put, like, 
a bunch of stuff so that it would confuse the evil spirits and they wouldn't so if someone if someone's if an evil spirit is trying to attack you it would go into the jar and be confused and not know what to do and be stuck there man those spirits are stupid they're attracted to certain things i know but they're kind so of like stupid. how when look, i had look, look rats stuck in a goddamn jar who does that like how stupid do you have to be <laughs> apparently really dumb okay. <laughs> but that's kind of how it worked um, but that tiny bundle was thought to have magical powers during the bubonic plague the spices were dill and garlic as this was an acceptable way to keep the plague away low key though I am thinking about putting dill and garlic in a bag and carrying it down the aisle because of COVID oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> you should and make sure that uh the people in the crowd are still wearing those uh, plague masks. You know, the ones with the giant beaks filled with all those flavorful scents and whatnot. Which was probably dill and garlic. Uh, actually, it was, um, like, uh, all the different flowers from where they were locally. So, like, if they couldn't smell the death, they didn't get the death is what it was thought to be back then. Man, imagine if somebody farted. That would Can't. definitely overpower any fucking smells that you have going into your nose. <laughs> These are the reasons you're marrying me. Okay. <laughs> the origin of the bouquet and garter toss. Brandon. Garter toss? No, no, no. Jamie, why don't you take this one for the now? For the now. Go ahead and yeah, take yeah, this one ahead. for the now. The origin of the... Garter um, toss. And the garter. bouquet. And the bouquet. It's supposed Garter. to symbolize luck. I'm like, here uh, you go, have fun. I never understood the the whole garter toss thing, to be honest. It's supposed to be like, hey, I'm married. I no longer need a garter to guard my uh, my but private lady bits. I didn't know that that's what it was doing, man. I've been missing out on things for my whole life, apparently. So yeah, you're yeah. just you're just do you throw it out? Do you throw it out to another single lady and say, hey, man? These this is to protect no, no, no. your lady. No, no. The men are supposed to grab the garter, and I think I still have. Oh, uh, you do. Danny's. You do. Awesome. The husband goes underneath the dress and rips that shit down. It's not ripping it. He's supposed to delicately pull it off. Yeah, the so leg he's basically saying, With "You are mine now, and oh. I get everything of you for the rest of my life." Okay. Would you like me to read it now? Yes. Tossing the bouquet is a standard tradition seen at most weddings, although the garter toss is slowly losing its relevancy among modern-day brides. While the toss is probably the most annoying part of the reception for the singles club, you'll be surprised to learn why the brides and groom used to toss <clears throat> the two at their guests. I thought it was so weird, because I've always been taught not to throw things, and now it's okay. In the past, couples didn't wait until the honeymoon to consummate their marriage. They would often do the deed right after saying, I do, which came as no surprise to their family members. The bouquet toss was used as a distraction, so she and the groom could handle their business. While all the single ladies fought for the floral bunches, tossing the garter slip also symbolized that the groom had made things official as eager guests waited outside the bedchamber for proof. Wow. <laughs> That does not happen at all. I don't know. Brandon, does it happen? Uh, rarely. Uh-huh. You're just having sex while everyone everyone's just, like, waiting for you to come out? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a thing. Maybe at a party. No, no, Maybe no. That's, that's a, what do you think this is? 
It's a party of two people being married so that they're together yeah, for life. You guys don't just like go to a hotel real quick during the reception and no. just like get it on. No, no, no. Like we literally <laughs> find like a bathroom. Oh my! No, that is not. That doesn't. No, happen. no, no, no. no. It's the, it's the, the dressing room, bathroom, same thing, right? And you just go into the dressing room, you lock the door, and then uh, after a little bit of hanky pank, then uh, you come back out all feeling refreshed and better, and you just like oh my nothing gosh. happened. Yeah, there you go. What? I don't think that that happens, but you know I what? Know. I swear to God, if I can get Michelle away from you during that party, that's oh gonna happen. Oh my God. We'll find out, Brandon. We'll find out. We oh. got 38 more days. 38 and a half more days. Okay, okay, that's fine. You know, she's going to be, like, super wanting me after a week spending with you, okay? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, really? Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear? Oh, really? Are you sure? Wow, no, that's not what I, there's no desperation Sad. in that. <laughs> okay, the origin of the veil. Do you guys know why we wear the veils? It's uh, to protect you from the evil spirits. Well, you're half right. So you wear the veil down while you're while you're walking down the aisle, saying your vows and everything like that. And then once you're done, you lift the vow to you the know veil. kind of the veil. Yes. To not a vow. You know, <laughs> say hey, we, we we tied the knot and now you're mine, and then you kiss. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and and like the reason of that is that the evil spirits are like looking for the uh, the bride so that they can steal her away from me. And then after I do that first kiss <laughs> and we say like you two are now husband and wife, then uh, her essence is mine, and my essence God is hers. Essence. Yeah, that's, that's what it that. is. Okay. All well, right. What do you, what would you call it then, huh? Sweetie. Spirit. Sugar plum. Okay. I'm just stating that in this lifetime, I'm going to be spending it with you. Oh, God. That's going to be awful, isn't it? It is. All the farts. Okay. The origin of the veil. keep the final edit. It, it will be. Okay. <laughs> Originally, brides were veils to protect them from evil, jealous spirits. Who knew? Yeah. And also to preserve their modesty. In early days, particularly in ancient Greece and in Rome, bridal veils were worn to confuse the devil and to be protected from the evil eye. So we haven't been talked we haven't talked about the evil eye yet, but the evil eye is basically like you know how you give Mason like that look. I don't even have to explain the look, but it's like that look when he does oh, something yeah. wrong. That's yep. the evil eye. And when used in the wrong context, you can actually you like give like negative energy to somebody, causing them bad luck. But if they're wearing the right protection, that can bounce back and actually hit you and give you the bad luck. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So the veil was sort of a protection from that. Now, what Brandon's talking about with lifting the veil and stuff like that, that's called a blusher. I don't have that because um, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if anyone else who chooses to use a blusher, I'm sorry. I just think it's stupid. Um, but, yeah, I just have, like, a basic little veil cloud thing behind me anyway however in some cultures it was employed by dear old dad to trick the groom into marrying his daughter who let's just say was beautiful on the inside the dainty headwear was also used in arranged marriages to hide the identity of the bride until the unveiling of the ceremony thoughts man there's so many of these like old traditions that nobody knows about like why why is this not like written down like 
hey, we do this because X, Y, and Z. That's why our wedding is unique, because I'm like, okay, we're doing this for a reason, not just because everyone else does. Because right. some of these are stupid as shit. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, like, I'm still gonna have cake. Like, who doesn't like cake? I know. For real. I like cake. Ca- like, yeah, I, cake's gonna I'm be I'm only thing. getting married to her for the cake. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I'm like, yes, I will at do least this two silly ceremony if I get cake. Yes. I agree. <laughs> this whole thing was done for a $200 cake. Yep. Okay. The origin of the honeymoon. Origin? Yes. Us. Go make babies. So you can go away and get it on and... Yeah, make babies. You know, really tie that marriage. Yep. Make sure that you have at least seven children. Okay, first of all, no. What? Second of all... What? (laughs) No. The origin of the honeymoon. (laughs) So in present times, booking a trip to Hawaii or Aruba after a ceremony is for the couple to unwind after months of wedding planning. Which, Lord knows I need. Back then, however, the honeymoon was an escape, literally. Remember that whole kidnapping the bride debacle attributed to the best man? Allegedly, the honeymoon served as a way for the husband to hide the bride for about a month so that her tribe wouldn't know where to find her. Apparently, after a month, you the can't find tribe somebody. Is just like, nope, you're gone. Let's see. I'm just like, you're no longer part this of This is probably anymore. the framework for modern police day work, so let's not give it, like, too much hate, because apparently this is how the police works. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know what you mean by that. The police are shit. Gotcha. They're like, oh, month later, all right, we're done. Nope, we're Couldn't done. Couldn't find her. Just like the Alyssa Turney case, right? You have to get more. You have to get more people. You have to get more people wanting to do it. Like you're yeah. the police. Why is social media involved? The police. Rant over. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next, the origin of throwing rice. Thoughts, Brandon? Throwing rice? Yeah. We're throwing rice at our wedding? No, no one's throwing rice, no. Okay, uh, isn't that, like, a Catholic thing? No. I thought that was a Catholic. No. Okay, go ahead, because I have no idea. You wish the bride and groom good luck on their years of sexless marriage. <laughs> you poor thing over there. <laughs> Clearly, I'm thirsty over here. <laughs> thirsty, thirsty, fun. <laughs> oh, girl, I love you. Okay. Poor girl. <laughs> Throwing rice at the happy couple during the recessional is pretty much non-existent today due to safety hazards because it kills birds. We have or a bird. It hits the bride in the eyeball and she has to go to the ER. For real. Uh, yeah, I've seen stories. <laughs> but the tiny grains were used back then to shower the bride and groom with fortune, prosperity, and fertility. Today, you're more apt to seeing bubbles use it, used in its place to celebrate the couple. So, rice like that harms the environment. Yeah, it's not good for the birdies, guys. Stop fucking throwing rice. Get some, get some petals, or blow some bubbles at them. Or just throw sand at them. Don't get fake petals, though, because fake petals is plastic, which is not going to do anything fucking better. That's true. Throw bananas at them. Bubbles! I agree with the bubbles. Okay, the origin of saving your wedding cake. The top tier you're supposed to save for a year later. Mm -hmm. Why? Didn't we already discuss this? No. We discussed why it's tiered. Oh. 
so one. that you can celebrate your one year of being in, you know, a marriage that you're you're basically celebrating that you're gonna be miserable for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You are awful over there. I feel um, so bad for the I guy think, that's gonna I marry you. Stop it! I think that it is so that when you've made it to your one year of being together, you can have something to celebrate with, and it's like recreating your marriage. You can like tell each other what you love the most about each other, and you can have like a little ceremony. It's actually for one year of being together without murdering your significant other. Oh, that too. That too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So why doesn't love... Who doesn't love leftover wedding food? But this long-lasting tradition of preserving the top tier of the wedding cake was done so that the couple could eat it together on their first wedding anniversary. Perhaps you know that already, but did you know saving the cake was also tied to having a baby? If you've ever heard the rhyme, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage, then you know that many people assume back in the olden days that the bride would have a baby within a year. The idea of saving the top half of the cake was so that the newlyweds wouldn't have to buy a celebratory dessert to announce the pregnancy or birth. Which I agree with. Okay? That's, that's, that's a good way to go about it. That's cheap. I like it. Wow. <laughs> I like it. I have nothing. I think it's interesting. What, what if what, you can't have a baby? You know? What well, if you're, you're just, just like not over there. I'm sorry. Oh. If you're not blessed with fertility. Well, then you didn't throw enough rice. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. If you're not... I don't know what happened to women who weren't blessed with fertility back then. You're I not, think they were not, considered a curse. Do have the cake? I guess not. <laughs> I'd eat it anyway. I would okay. too. Literally, I'd probably be like, you know what? We got this top tier. You've pissed me off. I'm going to eat our wedding cake because you made me angry. I don't know if I could even wait a year. I just love cake so much. For real. The, that's the real challenge, to see if the cake lasts a year. For real. That, that's the challenge. <laughs> Not to see if you made it, to see if you couldn't eat that damn cake. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. origin of wedding rings. To symbolize husband and wife. Duh. Okay. Husband um, and wife. No, no. It's it's literally to be like warding off any of those potential suitors out there. They're like, hey, hey, you married? And she would just flash her ring. And they'd be like, oh, you're married. God damn. Bitch, that's what it's for now. No, no. Well, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it was. That's what it's always been. You know, Fuck you off with in. my wedding ring. There you go. <laughs> Um, no, isn't it, like, some sort of, like, unity thing where you're supposed to be, like, this is, like, a whole, um, piece of me and, like, you're giving a piece of you and, like, to each other? Brandon's like, listening to our traditions! <laughs> so, we're actually doing the, uh, the, the part in the ceremony, our officiant's gonna talk about the rings and why it is round why it's in a circle, and that's mm -hmm. to symbolize your love. It doesn't just last for this lifetime, it lasts for an eternity. Mm -hmm. So while I'm choosing to be with you for this lifetime, we could potentially be soulmates and be with each other for eternity. And wouldn't that be great? I get to fart with them forever. Oh my god. <laughs> Even in the grave. Even in the grave. Okay, so the origin of... I, I am not being, like, laid Tortured. in the ground with you on top of me. Uh-uh. 
you all stinky ass and get in your own grave. <laughs> what about you over there, Jamie? Well, I'm going to be buried by myself. How did we talk oh, about graves thing. from this whole thing? We're talking about weddings, people. No, no, no. You, you're just like, hey, I'm going to live with you for the rest of your life, and then even beyond that, so I just sit We're on talking... top of you and fart on you, even though you're dead. I'm <laughs> oh like, well, job. thanks. Thanks a lot. Oh That's how I got there. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. If the only origin... if Jamie had somebody that would just of magically... the wedding that. rings. Finally, a tradition not associated with evil spirits. Historically, the bride's ring symbolized ownership, because of course it did. In early Roman, Greek, and Jewish cultures, <laughs> rings were used as collateral to pay the father of the bride. The timeless tradition evolved with the advancements of women's rights, as brides now exchange rings with the groom as well. Wasn't women's rights, like, something that came about what, in the 1920s, 30s? Mm-hmm. Like, I know it was early 1900s. Mm. Women have rights? Oh, my God. When did that fucking happen? Because my paycheck is still pretty small. Oh, my God. You don't have a paycheck. You, you broke his ass. Broke his ass. Did you're, you hear that, yeah, Jamie? Broke I'm broke his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably as broke as your ass. Brandon fell down the stairs a little while ago. Oh, yeah, that hurt. <laughs> um, the reason those shiny bands are placed on the fourth finger during the ceremony is because the fourth finger was believed to contain a specific vein that has led to the heart. This myth has been since debunked by doctors, but couples still abide by it today. I think it's still sweet, even though it's not true. So, yes. Um, Now, my absolute favorite tradition is the origin of the father walking the bride down the aisle. Because he's giving her away. Fucking hate this tradition. He is giving his daughter to another man to look after and care for the rest of her life. If only it was that sweet. Go on, Brandon. What do you think it is? Dear old daddy giving me to you. No, like, like, back in the day, like, the father bringing up these young girls all the time, and it's such a pain in the ass to deal with them, and now he's like, all right, are you going to be able to take care of these two pains in the ass, you know, or however many daughters they had, like, in what, whatever case, but they're like, here you go, take them away from me, please, get them away. Like, Polygamy was, was not much of a thing back then, it didn't really get traditional wedding, not like... Polygamous wedding. No, um, no, no, no. I'm not talking about polygamy. I'm talking about, like... Just take her? Yeah, just, just take, take her, her away from me. I'm done with her. Like, she's such a pain in the Literally, butt Literally, that's with. my dad's thought of it, is just go. Yeah. Get away from me. And yeah. I'm like, and oh, I was I like, sure, I will take that Can ass, you no feel the love? Can you feel the love, though? <laughs> Can you feel it? Yes. So, this is why I absolutely hate this tradition. Okay, go ahead. So, this tradition dates back to a time of arranged marriages where the giving away of the bride represented a transfer of ownership. Back then, young women were used as collateral to settle debts or disagreements with neighboring tribes, as well as for the father to elevate his status by marrying his daughter off to a wealthy family. Today, though, many brides look forward to having their fathers walk him down the aisle as simply to honor him. I, I fucking hate this tradition. I'm not fucking property. <laughs> I get exhausted of telling my parents that. Like, I know it's probably not that big of a deal, but my parents, like, my dad's from the South, and so the whole thing of, like, your kids represent you when you go out in public and stuff like that 
is still a really big thing in the South, and that makes me feel more like property, <laughs> because I'm not my dad, and I don't represent anybody but me, and it's annoying. Wait, wait. You're not property? I know. News, right? Wait, I, wait, I, I thought I should the whole get deal a tattoo. was for me to uh, own you from here on out. I like know. That. I need to get a tattoo that says not property. Where are you going to tat it? Oh, the tramp stamp? That's where you're going to put it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not property. As she gets a tramp stamp. Okay. <laughs> She's funny. <laughs> okay. We're almost done here, actually. Okay. So, the origin of the first look. Thoughts, ideas. First look? Isn't that, like, where I'm, I'm supposed to, like, take a peek at you and be like, oh, you're really pretty? Yes. <laughs> because then they could see if that person was truly who they wanted to look at every day when they opened their eyes. Oh, my God. No, I can't do that. Like, are you really good enough looking for me, or do I just want to run for it? Yeah, yeah, I think I may have to run for it. Like, low-key, though, Jamie, you're kind of right. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that for real? The concept of it being bad luck to see the bride before the ceremony actually started from arranged marriages, where it was believed that if a bride and groom saw each other before the big day, they'd have enough time to call off the wedding. Okay, and Sad. the first look is supposed to be what? That's what. That's the thing you and I are doing. No, I know. Like, 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 I'm supposed to come and like see you, and you're supposed to see me in like the dress and everything like that. Okay. I'm supposed to tell you how pretty you look. Yeah. Yep, He's been taking notes. Because yep, if, if he doesn't, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk the fuck back again, and I'm going to make sure it happens the second time at least. <laughs> Don't give me that threatening stare. Stop it. Evil eye, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. I mean, you know, you, you got to be a, a, at least a pistol whip enough to make the wife happy. Happy wife equals happy life. He's learning. Slowly, painfully. It's like yep. jabbing needles into a voodoo doll. Okay. Those hurt. You gotta stop that. <laughs> Okay, the origin of the first kiss. Oh, so like. Well, this one's great, Jamie. I, I, I like kissing this this woman here. So. Uh, we get to kiss again, but yes. in front of everyone. Yes, we gotta <laughs> show off our our love in the most romantic way You're possible. Kissing for the first time as husband and wife. I mean, in arranged marriages, like yeah, that would totally be the thing. But in our arranged marriage. I am going to be smooching the shit out of her in front of everybody, making everybody go like, hey, stop, come on, we got to go eat our cake and whatnot now. Like, that, that's what my dad's going to be saying. I swear to God, he is. So, basically, we're going to show off our smooching skills. Yep. And I'm going to make all you ladies jealous. Ooh. <sighs> Spoon! <laughs> okay. Back then... It was customary for the priest to give a holy kiss of peace to the groom, who would pass the kiss on to the bride, and the priest would then kiss each of the groomsmen and the bridesmaids. This was done to bless the marriage inside of the church, giving way to the common phrase heard today at most ceremonies, you may now kiss the bride. 
disgusting, but I mean, whatever. Oh, I, so wait, 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 wait. You get kisses from everybody? You get kisses. So you, the priest would kiss you. Ew. And then you would kiss me. <laughs> and then the priest would go yeah. on and kiss Jamie and her sister and then Jennifer. And then he would go on to kiss Ryan and everybody else in yours. No, 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 no. It, didn't it say, like, once I pass the kiss to you, you kiss everybody? No. I thought... The priest would then kiss each I mean, groomsman. Okay. The origin of carrying the bride across the threshold. Threshold of what? Um, of the like church? The doorway. Oh, you mean our little door that we have. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to buy a house after we get married, and you're supposed to carry me across the threshold into the new house. Oh, I did that. I've already done that. You have not done that. I bought a house. You dropped me. <laughs> I didn't drop you on a house. You dropped me in the room. Okay. Oh, I can do that. Brandon? I'm going to have to work out a little bit. Jesus Christ. Okay. Do you know, Jamie? No. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, thank God. A cocky buff. Brennan, do you know what the origin is? Getting buff. So, like, so like when, I mean, uh, what I know about this is, like, after you get married, the groom just, like, picks you up and holds you or he, like, carries you into the, um, hotel room that you're staying at or into your new house or whatever it may be. To have sex with you, you know? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Oh, my God. I like okay. doing that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's like making the nest. Okay. I got to bring you over to my nest. The yeah. groom picking up his bride to carry her across the threshold was done a long time ago because it was considered unladylike for the bride to show that she wanted to leave her father's home. Thus, the groom having to pick her up and force her over the threshold. Also, as part of a reoccurring theme in this collection of traditions, newlyweds were thought to be highly susceptible to evil spirits. By carrying the bride over the threshold, the groom was said to be protecting her by putting some space between her and the floor. Or maybe her feet just hurt from dancing the night away. In heels. Are you going to be well, wearing Michelle's, heels? Michelle's not going to be wearing heels. No heels? No. Oh. Okay. No. No sexy heels, Brandon. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I think that that's bullshit, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's gonna be no carrying and no picking up the bride in the expensive dress. <laughs> Any ideas? <laughs> no. And it's because, like, left and right, and, like, they're like, oh, he's, he's the man of the house, he's gotta be on the left. I so want to stand on the right side because I'm always right. Oh my god. <laughs> the bride stands to the left of the groom during the wedding ceremony so that the groom can protect her with his left arm and use his sword with the right. Traditionally, the groom would need to fight anyone who was trying to steal his wife, mostly members of her own family, since it was common for them to think she'd been stolen. That makes sense. No, makes sense. no, like, like, that sounds like a bunch of like, oh, she's gonna be mine because I raised her. Okay. I don't know. Um, so this is the last thing that I'll just say. So, did you know the day that you get married matters? According to tradition, to marry during a full moon is unlucky, which I think is complete horseshit. Marry during a full moon, because that's the most luckiest. And during Lent is a poor choice. 
I don't know when Lent is, but I thought that that was stuff in your pocket, but okay. No, no, Lent, Lent <laughs> is um, another, uh, isn't that a Jewish tradition? Like you're giving up Lent? So you're not know. eating uh, like bread for a month or something? I'll look it up. Look it up okay. later. Okay. <laughs> As the age-old saying goes, if you marry in Lent, you're sure to repent. There's also a rhyme about the chosen day of your wedding, which goes a little something like this. Monday for health, Tuesday for wealth, Wednesday's the best of all. Thursday brings crosses and Friday losses, but Saturday, no luck at all. In terms of the time of day to get married, it's long been said that the couple should exchange vows as the clock's minute hand is ascending towards heaven. So, upwards. Which I think is bullshit. Yeah, so according well, to this... Well, you're getting married on Monday, so you're getting married for health. Which I really need right now. The other, the other thing I want to say is that the time of day really does matter as to when you get married. Um, at least... For, for the Wiccan tradition, it does. I looked up last year when the sun and the moon would both be out. Because you're supposed to be married when the sun and the moon are both out so that it can, the sun god and the moon can witness the wedding and witness the situation happening, and it's fine. Um, that's what you're supposed to do, at least for this tradition. So that's, that's when we decided. So we picked a time based off that. I picked a time based off that. Brandon's probably just hearing of this right now, honestly. You no, I, I picked that time, too. I was like, let's do this time, and you're like, okay, let's do it. Time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just made that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the traditions that Brandon and I have chosen is one, the exchanging of the rings, which I'm pretty sure everybody does, but we're making that one a little bit more special because the officiant's going to be talking about how, why the ring is a circle, which I mentioned earlier. The second thing that we're going to be doing is the hand-fastening ceremony which is where you tie your hands to your partner's hands. Now, traditionally that Tying was, the knot. Yeah, literally tying a knot. This is a Scottish tradition. Scottish. Yes, we are. Both of us are not Scottish. I am Scottish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am uh, Scottish. So my grandpa is from Scotland. All the men in our family are over six feet tall. Oh. So, yeah, we are heavily Scottish and very influenced by the Scottish. Okay. So, um, it's a Scottish tradition that Ireland also has as well, but it actually originated in Scotland. And so, it's a tying of the hands. What you would do is you would be tied either for a day or a year, depending on how long you want to. We're going to be tied for a few minutes. Um, that's going to be that. It's going to be a really cool thing where we're actually going to make a knot. It's, it's complicated. But anyway, Infinity we're literally knot. tying the knot. Yep. And the last thing that we're going to be doing is jumping the broom. And jumping of the broom is literally like a clean sweep into the marriage. Like that Jewish tradition. What is the one that your sister and her husband did where they broke the cup? Oh, it, so like, did they drink anything out of it? I don't know. No. They okay. drank something out of a different cup. And then you have a cup where you break it. Yeah, they like smashed it on the ground. Yeah, so that's the same as the, the broom, the jumping of the broom. Uh -huh. It's literally taking the old and getting rid of the old so we are not joined and getting rid of that. Mm -hmm. And coming into our new life where we are joined together. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> So those are our traditions, and that's also why I, I opted out of having my bridesmaids have bouquets. They're bringing circles, or hoops, as we're called, because it's to symbolize me and Brandon's lives being together for eternity. Okay, and, and what are the groomsmen going to be bringing? Boutonnieres. Oh, so little pins. 
Yes. Gotcha. So so my groomsmen have a bunch of video game pins. Oh my god, not the pins, like the flowers you pin on your lapel. Oh, yeah, same, same difference, right? Oh my god. I mean, you gotta have some sort of cool video game theme in this, right? That's what my life has been about. Um, okay. <laughs> Alright, that's all, folks. Bye-bye. Um, that is everything that we have for this episode, though. It's been fun. It's been real. <laughs> it's been Jamie. cool. Peace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we will see you guys next week in another episode. Make sure to catch us on Instagram for our daily lives and our Friday runes. So. Yeah. Bye. Love you, guys. Love you.